Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Young and Empowered Podcast. My name is Kalina. I'm the host. And today I am with someone who's been a huge inspiration and role model to me. Um, I'm here with Michaela Ulmer. Michaela, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm good. I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks. I'm actually super excited for this. This is probably like my first couple of podcasts. So, oh, wow. This is going to be awesome. Um, so obviously I, I know a little bit about your backstory, but for mm-hmm. people listening, um, do you mind to share just a little bit about what you do and who you are in your backstory? Yes. Yeah, so my name is Michaela Ulmer and I'm 15 years old. I'm a sophomore in high school and I am a student, a bee ambassador, and then the founder and CEO of Me and the Bees Lemonade. So Me and the Bees is a company that I started when I was four as a lemonade stand. And uh, just a brief how I got started is that I got stung by two bees in one week. And after getting stung by those bees, I became terrified of them. My parents said, why don't you do some research? And so doing that research, I learned that they're incredibly important pollinators in dying at an alarming rate. So I had this lemonade stand. (laughs) I had this lemonade stand and I sweetened my lemonade with honey and used a recipe for flaxseed lemonade for my great granny Helen. And that was kind of how I first got started. I just donated a portion of the proceeds to organizations that help save the bees. And so today, uh, me and the bees is still pretty much the same recipe that we used back then. Um, And it's kind of gone from being a lemonade stand sold in a cup to being in over 1800 stores and in an actual bottle and then we also have other products like lip balms and things like that so it's growing and I'm pretty excited that I'm pretty excited to watch it grow and see how it went that's awesome yeah being in one store to three stores to this many today yeah that's so amazing and did you always think I mean, you started this when you were so young, but did you know when you were that young that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or were you kind of just doing it for fun? I was doing it for fun. One thing that I always did as a kid is I would just find stuff that I could sell because I would, I wanted, when I wanted things to buy, my dad would say, well, figure out how you can make money. Like, do you have this money? And uh, so I wanted to make money, but I was like, I don't really want to take money from my dad by doing chores so how can I like make my own money so I remember selling friendship bracelets uh before I even did this I would like twist up string and sell friendship bracelets and then yeah I also (laughs) sold what should call it I sold play-doh balls with flowers in it which didn't really do that well but that was another one of my products yeah so uh I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur I kind of just did it for fun and to figure out how I can make money to just get the dolls and things that I wanted. And so it was mostly a lesson of, to my dad, it was mostly a lesson for me from my dad, just of how, figure out how you can make money. Like if it was things that we really needed, of course, my parents would get for us. But one yeah. thing he would always say is, you know, like you have to have neat handwriting so you deposit your checks right. And things like that. That's awesome. So obviously your parents are very supportive and very involved in your business. Um, do you think they're the reason that you are as successful and driven as you are today? Uh, definitely. They're definitely a very huge part. Um, and the reason why is because, yeah, they were supportive. When I said that I wanted to do a lemonade stand, uh, kind of, they're kind of tentative at first. They're like, okay, that's cool. We'll sign you up for this. 
Austin Lemonade Day and Austin Act and Business Fair and see how it goes. Yeah. And they kind of just watched as I figured out what product I was going to create. But it was definitely the point where I said, I want to figure out how I can sell my lemonade year round. That was when they're like, oh, okay, wow. So like, you really want to grow this. And so instead of saying, you know, wait until you get a little bit older, or we don't know anything about the beverage industry, maybe ask someone else. They were definitely like, okay, you're going to have to figure out how you can bottle lemonade and then come to us with a little bit of slides or things like that. And, you know, you can figure out how you're going to do this and we can work together to do it. So there, yeah, they're a very big reason on why I have this mentality today. And then also just people who I, my teachers and my friends and things like that. So yeah, they, when, uh, when the pizza shop said, Hey, if you can find a way to bottle your product, we'll carry it in our store. They said, okay, my mom has experience in marketing. My dad has experience in financing and they were like, yeah, let's figure out how to do this. Gotcha. So are your parents entrepreneurs? Yes. My mom is, and my dad does financing and ops at Dell. So my mom has her own marketing firm and she actually left her marketing firm once me and the bees got big enough. Once we uh, were offered to go on Shark Tank and we really needed to have someone full-time working on our socials and websites and things like that. She actually left her entrepreneurship company and started working for me and the bees. And then my dad is an entrepreneur, but he definitely has a lot of experience in ops, which he brings to our company. That's awesome. So let's talk about Shark Tank for a little bit. Mm-hmm. How was that? I mean, that's crazy. What age were you when you went on Shark Tank? Uh, I was 10. Wow. And I'm sure I was 10. It, it aired... Yeah, it aired a little bit, a couple months after, so, but I'm pretty sure I was 10 when I filmed it. Gotcha. Was it scary? Were you nervous at all going on Shark Tank? Very. <laughs> so I, I call it nerve-sided. That's what I've always said mm-hmm. since me yeah. being 10 going on the show because it was, you know, nerve-wrecking. There are a bunch of sharks that are staring at you looking like this, waiting for you to say something that they'll like to hear. Yeah. Um, but it was also super exciting because it's like a huge opportunity and collectively they have hundreds of millions of dollars and it can make such a big impact on your company. So it's just a great opportunity and it did take a lot, a lot of preparation, a lot of preparation, but it, yeah. was, it was a great experience and it taught me a lot too. That's awesome. Do you think your business and you would be here where you are today if you didn't go on Shark Tank? Uh, no, I don't. Because I think Shark Tank was one of our earliest forms of national television. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think we probably would have gone on Shark Tank eventually just thinking of how many people are like, wow, you need to put this product on Shark Tank or how many people we've met who are also associated with the sharks. And we're saying like, I'll get this on Shark Tank if you haven't gone already. So we probably would have gone on Shark Tank eventually, but Shark Tank had a huge impact on our sales. Like as soon as the show aired, our website was getting so many hits that it almost crashed. And it was kind wow. of just a viral, yeah, it was a viral thing. People were sharing like this nine-year-old girl gets funding uh, by a wow. shark. And so I think that was a huge reason why uh, we got to increase our team and how we got so much coverage. Wow. That's awesome. And um, y'all got funded by Damon, right? Yes, we got funded by Damon and he is currently like a mentor and a partner as well. That's awesome. Do you think his mentorship has impacted you a lot? Yes, I do. Mostly because it's mainly through connections and also information on how to widen distribution. So he doesn't have very much 
experience in the beverage industry, but he does have experience with the retailers and stores that sell fashion as well as beverage. So it's definitely been a great help. And then also like doing presentations and doing shows together has had a huge impact too. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, just like you said, network is super, super mm-hmm. important. Yeah. What did your friends think about all this? Did you get a lot of support? Because I know going to public school, especially entrepreneurship isn't really like praised. Um, mm-hmm. So how was that? Was, I mean, they were always super supportive. Like they always, they asked a lot of questions and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm friends with someone famous, which I didn't, I don't really think I'm famous, but they like, oh my gosh, can I have your autograph? So yeah. I think it's cool to be a resource for my friends if they want to learn how to, you know, start their own companies or, you know, follow their passion is just giving them experience, like whatever I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I think it's cool. I think there's very few entrepreneurs just in my grade in general, not even at my school, just in my grade um, yeah. where I live. So it is, it's cool. And then it also is like, people are like, hey, have you met this dude who sells shoes at my school? Have you ever met or talked to him? So it was wow. a cool, um, I don't know, way to meet people. Yeah. So do a lot of people reach out to you at your school and like, are like, hey, Michaela, like, could you help me start this business? It's mostly, okay, so mostly the people who are reaching out to me are um, like clubs. Yeah. So I am like the head of the model entrepreneurs club at my school. So oh, wow. if there's people in my club, yeah. So we're like currently about to do a stock market competition and wow. uh, I'm not the only head. There's a couple other people as well, but there's a really cool game and it uses real stock influences and fake money to teach about stocks. So we're going to do that. So people will ask me, Hey, like, how do I um, invest smartly? And I'll give some tips. And then also maybe like the, Green Gobs, which is an environment set, environment club at my school. So they're like, hey, can, mm-hmm. you do, can you do a presentation for Earth Day? But uh, most people who do ask me about advice on entrepreneurship, I mean, there's still a couple at my school, but a lot of them are is through social media as well, which is why I kind of decided to do my own personal one so I can, uh, again, be more personal and give more advice. Yeah. Were your parents supportive of like how much interaction and how much engagement you've gotten on social media? Cause you have this huge brand now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, I think that it kind of was daunting because it was a big over, it was a little bit overwhelming to them uh, Yeah. because they, I don't know, they didn't really have very much, they didn't know that much about social media. So I did definitely did have to teach them. My mom was the first person who taught me what Instagram was. And when I was little, she'd write the post and let me click post. Yeah. Um, they were supportive of, you know, me growing my brand. I think the challenge was with my personal company, they were scared that it would be a danger for me. Yeah. And um, they're kind of reluctant to at least let me have one. So I really just now started my own um personal Instagram and social media before it had just been me in the beads. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what do you think separates you from the average kid your age? Why do you think you're so, like you have this such amazing mindset and you're so driven? Why do you, what do you think differentiates you? I actually don't think there's that much. I think for me, 
if I know that it's possible and I've met and seen other people who do it and I've also gotten a lot of advice mm-hmm. and I think most people who want to do this are kind of just too afraid to start and I think yeah. that there's not some superiority between me and you that you know have podcasts and have companies I think that it's really just are you too afraid to start or are you kind of dreaming too small or are you going to take the initiative to learn and uh, start your own company or make your own content. So it's not, I think it's, it's a little bit of what influences you throughout life, Yeah. but it's also just doing research. Cause once you look it up and once you see examples and how inspiring other people are, it becomes a lot less challenging to uh, wake up and you know write a business plan or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. My mom always told me this quote when I was younger. She used to tell me everything is figure outable. Like you can do anything you want in life. You just have to learn the skills it takes to do that thing. So um, what advice would you give to a kid who is trying to find their passion and start a business around it? I would say if you're trying to find your passion, try a lot of things. I know it can be hard uh, to kind of just invest yourself and go insert yourself in different clubs and activities and sports and things like that. Find, just try out things, really. You don't have to commit to them. You just have to figure out, do I have a knack for this? Uh, and do I enjoy doing that? And then once you've found uh, that thing or that area, industry that you are interested in, figure out if there's any problems or challenges. Because I think that problem solving is a skill that you can learn. And if you pretty much stay aware and look for changes in the market, things that are mentioned multiple times, uh, things that can be changed, things that your friends are saying, man, I wish this, 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 and that. Uh, I think that that's pretty much how you start. And so once you've identified the problem, figure out a way to solve it, whether it's through a product or a service, I think it becomes a lot easier because once you have that business idea, I guarantee you, you will be so invested in it and just want to do it during all, with all, you're going to want to work on it during your free time. Yeah. So I think yeah, it gets really fun. It seems like, oh, oh man, I have to do this. It's going to be so boring. And there's are, there are parts of entrepreneurship that are boring and are hard work, but it gets, it gets really fun. Yeah. Was it ever hard for you starting out to like, a lot of people ask me all the time. They're like, don't you just want to be a kid? Don't you just want to like, you know, go out with your friends all the time and just mm-hmm just have fun in life? Why do you want to be quote unquote working? Was it ever like that when you were younger? Um, was it ever like, oh, I just want to, like, I don't want to have to be working right now. Yes. There definitely were times where I was like, I don't really want to do this. I, I mean, of course. And I think what's important is when you're done, don't do something if you don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I think that that's just going to make it seem like more of a chore. So if you really just don't want to work on something, take a break. Uh, And that's something that I've been having to work with for a long time is I'm just, there's a lot of stuff that's on my mind and it's hard to take a break. But uh, I think that, yeah, being a kid is still really important. And I, even me, I'm worried, am I not, do I not have like a normal enough childhood? And uh, what is it going to mean for me when I'm older when even when I was nine and 11, I was working. And I think that, if you like, you know, balance is key. If you can figure out a way to um, balance being a normal teenager or student Mm -hmm. and also having a company, then you've got it. And so 
team is important. Having a great team is important because my team understands that I'm a student and yep. that I also love to have sleepovers and things like that. Yeah. So they're willing to work with me on, you know, uh, balancing out the task force, the, the tasks that we have to do. Yeah. So obviously we talked about this earlier, but um, you go to public school and how do you balance that with this crazy schedule you have? I mean, you said your team, but mm -hmm. what are some ways you like have your business and then have like teenager time as well? Yeah. So uh, I actually, I actually go to St. Stephen's, which is a private school in Austin. And it's very, oh, gotcha. there's a lot of work to it. Uh, and there's sometimes when I just feel mediocre at everything, like I'm just like, I can't be a super stellar student, but I also can't be a super stellar business owner because I'm working on being a student. Then I also like can't have time to be uh, with my friends. So, I mean, I'm not popular, things like that. So there are times when I'm just like, I just can't really do anything. And I think comparing yourself with other people is just not the way to go because you have, yeah, uh, you have abilities and you have talents that other people don't have. So if you look at another student and be like, wow, she has, uh, for my grade, it's H, for my school, it's H's, but wow, she has A's in every class, but you don't take account that you uh, are a great basketball player, then it's just gonna start discouraging you and causing self-hate. So uh, definitely make your growth a self-centered thing, not self-centered, but um, work on improving your own talents and mm -hmm. that's how you achieve balance and look at how other people are doing it too. Uh, like I said, YouTube is just a great resource for how to get a good um, calendar going, even if it's a bullet journal or Trello, time management is something that I'm still working on today. Yeah. And I'm not even gonna say I'm great at it because yeah. I'm not, but uh, definitely, yeah, just look it up and practice it. it takes practice yeah. and a lot of getting used to yeah I think time management is a huge key to it all and I'm mm -hmm. not very I'm not very great at time management either I think I'm I've definitely improved on it but time management's it's a hard skill to learn for sure so did you have to deal with any hate since you're such a public figure was there any like anybody who told you you shouldn't be doing what you're doing yes there definitely were I just even before I get started, it's important just not to let those get you down because whatever you do, you're going to have hate, especially if you're on the internet and if you are social media, um, if you're prominent on social media or things like that, you're going to get hate. For me, it was a mix of different things. It was um, like, why don't you give, let me think, there are people who are saying like, this is just uh, white men using an African-American girl as a marketing ploy. Wow. Aren't even working on, and they aren't even working on saving the bees. They're just uh, like using this type of honey, which proves that she's not saving bees. It's random stuff. And I'm just like, wow, there's like one white male that works at my company out of like 12, but okay. That's uh, crazy. Yes, there, there is some crazy, there's been some crazy hate. And so uh, it's not, for me, it's not, it's not really that bad because I'm not super controversial. And most of the things that I'm talking about, the bees dying and entrepreneurship are things that there's solid facts and a lot of support for. Yeah. So any like hate that I do get, it's pretty minor and it's mostly just reviews on the website. Like she uh, doesn't use a hundred percent organic gluten-free lemon. This is bad product. Like 
things like that. It actually, it hasn't been too much of a struggle for me. And I think that the, the support has, that I've gotten is a lot, it's so much greater than any, um, this is any hate that I've Yeah, gotten, the positive so. outweighs the negative. Mm-hmm. How would you, what advice would you give to someone? Because like you said, entrepreneurship is definitely not for the weak. And I know a lot of kids and teens that are afraid to go into entrepreneurship or be a public figure because you're putting yourself out there and you're being vulnerable. So what advice would you give to um, kind of gain mental strength and to not let the hate get you down? So, uh, so to gain mental strength, I would say to know your audience. So start with people who you know are going to support you. It's, it's important to have people who are going to challenge you and, uh, force you to grow too and Mm -hmm. give their honest opinions but don't start off with people don't start off with the audience that you know are just not going to support you at all and that are going to roast you so uh definitely know your audience start small um start small and I mean practice if if it's uh, like public speaking practice with friends and family before you go on to school before you go on to actual companies uh it's a when I started I literally had trouble speaking to kids that were older than me as an eight-year-old I had trouble speaking and talking about these um, to kids who were older than me and so one thing my parents said is everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn Mm -hmm. so that's just something that I think is cool to take into account too yeah for sure and I totally agree with all that and also always keeping that like growth mindset and always Mm -hmm. always looking at the positive for sure do you think there is one defining factor on why you're so successful? No, I think, I feel like me being young is a big part of it though. And that's, you know, because people are like, wow, she's got this great business and she's so young. And yeah, uh, I think that's honestly something that I've had a fear about is like when I get older, is me the beast going to become irrelevant because I'm not a kid anymore running a company. And so I've realized that even though me being young and starting it young is um, a big reason why I got my footing and why I started, yeah. uh, that wasn't the reason why it was successful. It was, it's that uh, it's a groundbreaking product. Like it was the first product limited with flaxseed in it. And it was probably one of the earliest, like taste good, do good products yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, like product with the purpose. And then it was also just like a kid who didn't use all their money for themselves and shared it as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, so like, I think that even though for me starting, me being young was a huge part of it, it was mm-hmm. also that instead of like giving up, I just kind of kept on going. Like, I'm not sure if you knew this, but in 2016, there was an incident where we almost, where we almost we got sued for the name change for our name oh my gosh after we went on shark tank there was another company with a name similar to ours and they said you can either our name was b-sheet when we went on shark tank and so yeah they had a name that was pretty close to ours they said you can either pay a couple million dollars to keep the name or borrow it or you can change it all together and as a nine-year-old i did not have a couple million dollars to keep our name and so i had to learn we initially it was like fight back, fight back. We're gonna keep this name, but I had to learn that sometimes you have to lose a battle to win the war. So we ended yeah. up changing our name, but partnering with a really cool agency called Team One in California, mm-hmm. who helped us, you know, use it to our advantage. And we launched it on Good Morning America in the White House, and 
pretty much just revamped the whole idea, the whole, our whole brand to have it where it was a benefit instead of, you know, like using it to, using this whole name change to make me stop my company. So um, that was, that, yeah, that's probably one example. Uh, wow. That is an amazing story. That's crazy that they sued like a young person. A nine-year-old. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Has there, has there ever been like any experiences like that um, for you? Um, let me think. I've never been asked this like, question. What was, what was, what's one of your challenges that you've had to overcome? Um, my own mindset was a lot of things. I am very harsh on myself. So that's definitely one thing I've had to overcome is just being like, you know what? It's okay if I fail. Um, I think the biggest thing that like happened was a lot of people told me that I would still have to go to college and that like this wasn't an actual like viable source of income or an actual route that I could follow through in life. And everybody, I remember a lady telling me once and it was a lady I was really good friends with and she was so nice and she was like well don't you think you should just still go to college just to keep that in mind because you never know if you could actually make this a successful business and I was just like oh my gosh oh god those people and those people that is one thing I've really had to overcome is so many people um doubt young entrepreneurs and it's people like say some crazy stuff I'm like, are you, oh my gosh, are you okay? You. Yeah. They're like, you're never going to go on Shark Tank. Um, you're not going to be able to make it into Whole Foods. There was one time where I was in an elevator at a pretty big conference and it was an investor and he was like, so what are you, what are you doing at this conference? And I was like, I'm actually uh, going to be talking about my lemonade company. And he was like, wow, uh, do you squeeze the lemons yourself? And I was like, no, it's actually uh, in 800 stores I can't squeeze wow. it myself oh so my gosh there are times and that's kind of those aren't even the worst ones I'm trying to just think of the worst ones but there yeah there's gonna be people who second guess you yeah um who's saying like you're not gonna be able to do this but I've kind of learned to take those and literally put them on my to-do list like that that's kind of what motivates me to keep on going as as well as the fact that the bees are dying and that you know, they really need to be saved and more people need to learn about them. Absolutely. And the fact that you're putting awareness on a good cause, and it's one thing to have a successful business, obviously, and be selling, but it's another thing to be positively influencing people. And so doing both of those things at the same time Mm -hmm. is so amazing. Um, what do you think is the greatest thing about being a young entrepreneur? Uh, I think it is one, being able to influence other young entrepreneurs. Uh, I also think it's cool that you can offer a Gen Z perspective on a lot of events that are raised at events and conferences with older, older people. Yeah. Um, and kind of just be proof and kind of like be a source of information when people have questions. Yeah, there's actually there's actually one time where I was at a conference and it was an older person talking, giving analytics on our generation. And it was like brands and things that they like to do and things, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. 
just trends to watch. And one slide was like all the actions that we like to do were kind of keywords. And it literally said Netflix and chill. And I don't think she knew what that meant. Oh my gosh. Anything. And I was like, yeah, okay. And that's like the only kid there. And I was like, okay, yeah, that. That's so, crazy. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was cracking up though. That's so funny. Yeah. Our Gen Z generation. I honestly think we get so much hate and so much negativity, but I think the Gen Z's are the most brilliant generation yet. Like we're going to change some stuff around. Just watch. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I saw the statistic ones. I think Harvard did this test where Mm -hmm. they interviewed a bunch of like kindergartners and I think it was like 70%, 70 or 80% said that they were going to be entrepreneurs or wanted to be entrepreneurs when they were older. And I'm like, we're, cool. yeah, this is going to be such well, a lot more independent thinking instead of, I want to, you know, get a like good job and just kind of sit at an office all day. Like they actually want to go out and make a change. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. We're um, coming up on the most, like you said, independent and initiative initiative taking generation yet Mm -hmm. yeah and tech savvy for sure um and just like innovative like Mm -hmm. I know so many people that's why I like being around kids all day because they come up with these ideas that like like how'd you get that that's literally a next level (laughs) yeah blow your mind um business idea and it kind of just I literally, I actually did a presentation at the United States of Women Conference. I was introducing President Obama, but my wow. presentation, it was just all about dreaming like a kid. And yeah. I, I kind of just raised the point how maybe when a, when kids want ice cream, they're going to do whatever they need to do to get that ice cream. Yep. And maybe when adults want ice cream, they're thinking about like calories, gas mileage to get there, taxes. And pretty much obstacles in the way. I mean, it kind of just changes your mindset on your goals. And so I think that we're the best people to start companies because we have a dream like a kid mindset. And that's that's what my whole presentation and introduction was about. Oh, absolutely. That was an amazing uh, like terminology for how smart the kids are. That's <laughs> totally amazing. Thank you. Yeah, this has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for doing this, Michaela. Thanks. It was nice meeting you. Yeah, it was so great to meet you too. And if people want to get to know more about you and connect with you on social media, how should they do that? So my Instagram, business Instagram is at Michaela's Bees. So it's M-I-K-A-I-L-A-S-B-E-E-S. And then my like behind the scenes business tips and traveling blog kind of thing is at Michaela.Omer, which is the one I just started. And then my website is meandthebees.com. And so there it will show you the stores that are near you that carry the product and a bunch of information like like we're, how we're in Whole Foods and Kroger and um, like Fresh Market, World Market, HEB. So you can find all that on my website too. Awesome. Well, this has been so amazing. Is there anything you'd like to add? Okay, sure. So uh, just when I was doing research, it started off really basic. Like I learned that bees pollinate one out of every three bites of the food we eat and that's how many flowers they pollinate in its lifetime. But as I, um, 
started doing workshops and looking at beehives and going out with beekeepers and taking lessons from them, I learned a lot more. Like they contribute almost 20 billion to the U.S. agricultural economy a year, which I thought, which I still think is astounding, and how um, they pollinate so much of the food we eat. So uh, fruits, veggies are, of course, a big one, but even things like dairy, because dairy is made by cows, cows eat alfalfa, bees pollinate alfalfa. So it's just a huge link in our food chain and other species other species of food chain that are impacted by the bees and they're probably one of the most important insects and so I think it's not just honeybees a lot of people think oh it's just honeybees that are that need saving that's not it there's over 20,000 species of bees and there's solitary bees there's wild bees there's also domesticated bees and the I guess like for example the rusty patch bumblebee is one of the bees on the endangered species list oh wow and so if you want to learn how to save them just some ba- okay so some basic reasons how, why and how they're dying mm-hmm. is currently scientists don't know exactly why but they think it's related to like three things it's uh environment change co- climate change global warming um and then uh what else mites and other pests that are other pests and parasites like the varroa mites that are getting into hives and oh, depleting wow honeybee populations and then also mainly pesticides and herbicides that are harming the bees getting into their brain and not allowing bees to get back to their hive or they do get back to their hive and share the food source with the rest of the hive so those are the like three main reasons why the bees are dying and I guess yeah some ways that you can help save them is by making a bee-friendly habitat so taking land that you already have and looking up bee-friendly flowers and trying to plant them and then you can also, you know, do some research, teach other people, uh, stop using pesticides if you can, and, you know, use, like, there's literally other plants that attract pests more than the plants that you have. So if you mm-hmm. look up uh, maybe predators of the pests that you have or plants that attract the pests and keep them away from your plants, I think that's a cool way to help save them as well. That's awesome. So are bees going extinct in America or all over the world. All over the world, just in general, that bees are declining. It's definitely not just in North America. And it's all bee species as well, like not just honeybees, it's every bee species, right? Not every bee species is dying. There are some bee species that are thriving, but I think it's important to take into account the lesser known bees, because sometimes those are the ones that are in the most danger and are in most in need of saving and conservation so yeah a lot of people think that the bee family is pretty small but there's so many different types of bees there's ground bees there's solitary bees there's bees that live in the wild and then swarms so I thought that was super interesting as well yeah absolutely so is buying honey um is honey negative for is honey like contributing to the extinction of bees no, at least not that I know of. I think it's important, though, to get honey. Some beekeepers, uh, large corporations can sometimes feed their bees. They literally feed their bees high fructose corn syrup. So you're oh not my. really drinking, you're not really eating nectar converted to honey. It's pretty much just high fructose corn syrup converted to honey. So it's not um, really made by the bees pretty much so uh that's why i say you want to look into where you're buying honey from local beekeepers are usually the best people to get honey from 
because A, they support their hives the most. They're making sure that bees are either eating, because you know, bees make honey as a food source for themselves. They make an yeah. excess amount of it, and that's what the beekeepers take. But bees want to eat their own honey. So as long as you're, you know, getting honey from beekeepers that uh, feed bees their own honey or honey from surrounding hives, um, and not high fructose corn syrup or like generically made honey. So just, I guess, look into the practices of your beekeepers and where you're getting your honey from. And a lot of the times, people who are doing the best job of that are local beekeepers. Well, this has been super informative. And thank you for sharing that bit um, about the bees. Like, I think we totally have to take more initiative and... Mm-hmm pay more attention and be more conscious to all species and especially these. 